Hey guys, it's Cameron. So this week, we had audio issues with Dustin. Again. For whatever reason, Dustin decided to record his audio from what I imagine was a 19th century gramophone from a Russian gulag, and then probably transferred the audio file via telegraph. And so the audio sucks, and I wanted to apologize. Uh, we are going to fix this for next week, but in the meantime, we do have an episode. Uh, and if you do want to complain, uh, you can hit up Dustin's Instagram account. That's Instagram.com slash Carlos Danger. Anyway, here's this week's show. Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and we have another show just slammed with things to talk about. So slammed. We couldn't even make room for Dustin in this episode. It's crazy. <laughs> it's true. Like He, ha he paid, no, paid no heed to hashtag more Dustin. Like, the listeners want it, and he didn't reply. So... I'll tell you what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. First of all, the other guy on the line is my uh, co-host slash producer slash buddy, Cameron. Um, Dustin went to States with me. And when we were on our way there, he said, I've only, been this, I've only got three hours of sleep last night. So we had a two-hour drive each way. Then he went home and just passed out. And he is still passed out. I guarantee you that's what's happening. <laughs> that right? sounds very Dustin. And uh, just to before we get into this week's episode, um, where we're going to talk a lot about states and the Pro Tour, um, I want to mention last week's episode, we had a ton of technical problems, <laughs> and Cameron, I got to give you mad props that you salvaged anything out of that. We lost about 15 minutes of various segments of it. Yeah. It including was, uh... the bet that I lost to sing a Miley Cyrus song yeah, on the air. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we had like huge audio snafu with, uh, I'm, I'm blaming Dustin. Like that was the well, he's issue. Not here. Yeah. He's not here, but, uh, yeah. So we had kind of a show, but it was, it was a rough edit for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that, man. Um, anyway, the bet was that didn't make the recording that if Dustin traded for beta power or a beta underground sea or tundra, I would sing a Miley Cyrus song <laughs> on the air. Lo and behold, he ended up with a beta underground sea. In trade it's, while we were at States. It's just insane that the only reason that he got that beta was because of this bet. I know that that's the only reason. It wasn't like it was just like, oh, maybe I, I really have a need for this. But it was just to crush Curtis's soul pretty much, right? I got to be honest with you. I don't even remember what Miley Cyrus song I meant to sing. So listeners, if you're out there and you have some ideas, right, just shoot them my way. Uh, you know, just through the magic of radio, we're not going to have a video, okay? You, you can't see it, but you'll be able to hear it. Um, so we like to start every show just talking about our week. Um, and Cameron, you were not able to play in States, but you did F&M, correct? Yeah, I did. Uh, it was an insanely busy week of work, but I was able to kind of carve out 
some time on Friday night to go and play standard. Um, and I did a, a, a kind of a white Boros deck that was kind of on the weenie side, but um, had all the right cards, I thought. So I added a, a young Pyromancer, and that actually really helped um, with the, the, the token thing that I was going for. Um, and the deck really did play around um, the Launch the Fleet, which I'm in love with this card. I think it's a lot of fun. The Strive mechanic is really awesome. Um, and then you add some Nykthos in there, and you have enough Devotion. You can pay and get like practically all of your tokens to tap and attack with an additional you know, one, one token. So within like turn five, I can have 15 tokens attacking, which is pretty awesome. As long as they don't have like an anger of gods, which can happen. So, yeah. So how did you do with this little Uh, brew that you put together? Yeah. So it was five rounds and I went three and two, um, which for like this brew, I'm actually really happy with. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that as we kind of move forward with Journey into Nyx, that I'm going to start seeing some other decks that are kind of starting to use the Launch the Fleet that I can maybe net deck off of and and try to improve upon the deck that I already have. Or you can be a pioneer, buddy. It's true. And yeah, maybe pioneer maybe this deck. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, but too much power could could happen, and I don't know if that's wise. Yeah. So we we've, we've been bagging on standard pretty good, and I do think it's been slightly better with the addition of journey into nix um mm-hmm. there's a little more variety i wouldn't say we're quite to a place where i'm happy with it by any stretch um but i, I i'm definitely more positive uh on it than when i when it was nothing but mono black mono blue uh re, re, red green monsters and blue white control remember when that was the format there were those yeah. four decks and that's all you played with or against and it's definitely evolved past that point with the third set, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, At least within my own shop, the metagame seems to be expanding a little bit more. Um, a lot of people are starting to like, you know, experiment with some other types of decks. And uh, it's definitely making me and I think other players in my shop uh, keep us on our toes for sure. So, yeah. Maybe it was just out of, uh, you know, sheer boredom. That's probably right? true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me... Uh, you didn't get a chance to play in states just because of some work commitments that popped up. I have never played in states. It's never worked out for me in terms of my schedule. And I hadn't played standard in a in about two or three weeks. I think it was three. Uh, obviously, there was a release in that window and these other things, but I hadn't really become acquainted with the metagame. I didn't have a chance to prepare. I was actually uh, sick in the middle of the week. And so... Uh, I drove two states with Dustin with not very high expectations. Sure. Um, uh, not a lot of hope and not a lot of preparation work done over the course of the week, which is a bad idea. And I was planning on playing either green, red monsters or blue, white control. But I knew since I didn't have time to prepare, I didn't want to play control. So I brought green, red monsters with no journey into Nick's cards at all. Okay. 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 Most of the metagame had moved on into a version that splashes black for Dreadbore or Vraska, just Jun monsters, right? Yep. Yep. And after playing the tournament, I know that was completely correct. And I had many situations where I was not very well equipped. And whenever I actually experienced that mirror, the the player with the black splash had an outrageous advantage over me. Okay. Um, 
but here's here's how my tournament went. Round one, I punt epically. I don't want to get into the details, but I basically had the match one, sequenced things incorrectly, lost game two, and then just got destroyed game three, right? Okay. Full on tilt. I was a mess. <laughs> I was very angry uh, with myself, right? Um, and then round two, I have the win on the board, and I'm playing. I don't know what is it with standard dredge. By the way, standard dredge players take forever. We have to count graveyards all the time. The whole match, we're counting graveyards, we're counting creatures, we're counting this. And I had this match locked up, but we went to time in an aggro matchup. Oh, no. I was at 26, and he was at three on turn five. Are you kidding? So, yeah, I, I didn't have a second Gore Clan Rampager or a Lightning Strike. So I started the tournament 0-1-1. Both game, both matches, I had essentially had a window to win, or either, and I either punted or ran out of time. That is so frustrating. Like, I how literally did he... went outside and walked around the building. Yeah, okay? I would have like tipped the table. I mean, like seriously, go on full tilt. I mean, wow. So, uh, you know, and, and honestly, I don't know what I can expect when I don't prepare. Right. So this is largely my fault. Um. Progress down the line, and I end up going. At one point, I'm two one and one, and I have this matchup right. And I'm playing against the blue white control deck, which is actually a very bad matchup for monsters, I think. And I, I want to see what you guys think of this. So it's game three, okay. And by the way, I'm saying you guys because Dustin's on the air with us now. Say hello, Dustin. <laughs> Yo, thanks for joining us. Yeah. We said awful things about you while you weren't on the air. <laughs> yeah, I kind of expected it. Uh, so I'm playing against blue-white monsters. Or I'm green. I'm playing green-red monsters. He's playing blue-white control. I hit him with a storm breath dragon, and it's his turn. All right? Okay. Judge is hurrying us along because we're running low on time. The guy goes uh, Banishing Light, which is an Oblivion Ring variant. Mm-hmm. Plays it, puts it on the table, says storm breath dragon. And I go, okay, it has protection from white. And he says, okay, I'm going to take it back. And I said, no, 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 no. no, no. I said, it hit the table. And it still is in play. And then it targets. So it's just going to hit the table. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because we're running low on time, the judge is there. And the judge says to me, did he tap his mana? And I said, no. No. Okay, but he's one of these guys that plays the card and then, you know what I mean? I don't like that. Okay. So he he plays yeah. the card, realizes, and he never turns his mana sideways. But the card is face up on the table and he pointed at Stormbreath Dragon. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the judge lets him take it back. Then he has enough mana to play a Supreme Verdict. So, right? so let me ask you this. Does that mean that any time I go to a big tournament, as long as I play cards without tapping mana, I can take them all back? Now, at an F&M, you're allowed to take that back, okay? At a competitive REL, you shouldn't be allowed to. But, okay, well, look, we're in the 2 one and one bracket. It's not like any of, any of us are going to win a thing, okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. But he ended up winning the match, but then he's like, I really want to go home, so I'm just going to give you the win. <laughs> oh, jeez. So he, he ended up giving me the free win anyway, but it was a very awkward scenario because you don't want to be a jerk. You don't want to be confrontational about this situation. 
But at the same time, you have to say, like, look, you can't just take things back, right? No, no. So that was a little awkward. Anyway, the, the <clears throat> tournament progresses. I win a few, I lose a f- few, and I'm at four, two, and one. I okay. decide to play the last of eight rounds, which, by the way, Missouri State's was 150 players. Mm-hmm. And I realize if I go five, two, and one, I have a shot at top 16 or top 20. Okay? Okay. Right. So I play my last round, and that's when I play against a Jun Monsters player who, nice enough guy, very inexperienced with the deck. We almost went to time in a Monsters mirror, okay? Wow. It took forever. And at this point, you know, Dustin and I have this two-hour drive back, and this guy is going in the tank for like five minutes, and then he's like, "Um, I think I'll ultimate price your Stormbreath Dragon. Oh, well, I'm oh. glad we had to think about that yeah. for so long, man. Cool. <laughs> what was and... his other option? What else could he have ultimate price? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Right? <laughs> so, at any rate, uh, I, end, I end the tournament 4-3-1. and one. I don't end up at any prizes. I'm in, like, 40-something place. So, you know, a respectable finish considering how badly tilted I was. Yeah. But I didn't have quite the states that Dustin did. Dustin, you had an epic states, correct? Oh, I don't know about Epic, but it was much better than GP Minneapolis. Okay, well, the listeners don't know how GP Minneapolis went for you, by the way, because nobody could really hear what you're saying. <laughs> oh, so that all got edited out, huh? Yeah. All right, well, I guess we'll just leave it a mystery forever and uh, move on about State. Um, state, it was just it was good trading. Uh, I've seen a lot of people that I've seen at other events, and uh, I was able to get Curtis a lot of stuff on his list. Got some stuff with some other friends, and uh, yeah, legacy and modern cards abound. Dude, I don't know what it is, and Dustin, you've seen this more than I have. First of all, I hate, I hate trading. I hate the dialogue, the small talk that comes with trading. <laughs> Dustin is a master <laughs> of it. Cameron, a yeah. guy told him the best way to lose weight would go on a diet of three Hershey bars for lunch. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> right? What? And, and like Dustin's like uh, acting so interested in talking to this guy and getting all the details. I mean, I cannot contain my emotions the way Dustin can to like entertain this small talk. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> anyway, Dustin, there there was more to the diet than that, but that might just be the part oh, you've got. Just just the three Hershey bars, <laughs> right? In right. addition, I don't to... think the three Hershey bars a day for the rest of your life is going to sustain you. <laughs> is the goal of the diet to get you to, you know, die of diabetes or yeah. something? Like, what in the world? Anyway, so you, you got some good trading in. Most That's notably, you acquired in. a Beta Underground C in an effort to get me to sing on the air, correct? Actually, actually, uh, I borrowed that from a friend. It was a trick to see if I could get you to sing, right? Oh! Oh! I wasn't actually going to make you go through with it. I just wanted to see the look on your face. It was more fun that way. <laughs> Dude, I, I went home and told my wife. I was like, I got to sing a Hannah Montana song. Oh, well, no, <laughs> like, you don't you really totally could have kept to. going on it. it. It was just an awesome trick. I, like I said, I wanted to see the look on your face. It was, it was you know, it was good. <laughs> Which, by the way, I've lost two bets to you. Well, not that one, but I did lose another bet to you, just so the listeners are aware. I forgot what episode, but I bet you that there would be Marsh Flats in the um, in the uh, event deck in the new right. event deck yeah and i overestimated wizard's ability to make a terrible product or underestimated i don't know how you want me to right. put it but 
I am buying you a Z-Man sandwich sometime in the near future, aren't I? Anything from Okie Joe's, man. It'll work. Okay. <laughs> oh, crap. Um, Dustin, do you have anything else you'd like to add about States, how it went, organization, all that kind of thing? Um, well, this is my first time going to one of these mid-sized tournaments. I've always stuck with uh, either something really small like an F&M or something big like a GP or a Star City event. And um, I'll just say I was pleasantly surprised. These mid-sized events, they're not bad. I mean, you get uh, people in from a decent amount of space. Uh, I'm talking distance away. Uh, we weren't the only ones from like two hours away. Some other people drove, you know, three hours out of the way to get there. And uh, yeah. This is a group of good people and good trades. Yeah, dude, it was a really solid event. It took a little while to get going. But, hey, you know what? I don't know that we give them enough props on this show, and I know we're pretty negative about a lot of things. Dude, the judging staff um, hit a home run at this event. They were awesome. Good. Things really, once they got going, they moved. And, um, yeah, they totally deserved those foil force of wills for (laughs) that event in particular. So. It was a hard day's work, man. It was. Um, okay, let's get out of this and let's talk Pro Tour. So, Pro Tour Journey into Knicks happened this weekend. And, guys, I love, I love the Pro Tour. I, I know you guys, you know, follow this stuff at the text level or look at the deck list. And Cameron might watch a little bit of coverage. I will go back and watch every single match over the course of the next two weeks. Um, it is like I'm a fiend for the Pro Tour. I love it. I love it, and I love the work that those guys do. Um, but Block Pro Tour, I think, gets kind of an unfair rap. A lot of people talk about it as a not interesting format or not worthwhile because it's really not a format that you can play to shop very often or if ever. It's sure. more of a Magic Online format. Um, well, so Block Constructed can be offered at shops. It's just that nobody does, right? Nobody does. Um, but that being said, yeah, my understanding is that it used to be a little bit more popular at this shop or Grand Prix level, but now it is just mm-hmm. a Pro Tour format to kind of showcase what could be coming up in Standard. That That is the stated goal. Um, I would think that if a shop could make blocks constructed big enough, it would help them move a lot more skilled products. Yeah, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, man. And I actually mm-hmm. block really varies from block to block, obviously, but like Scar's block, there was one deck that was clearly way better than everybody else. Um but the mm-hmm. last two block pro tours, or last three really, the Innistrad block pro tour, the Ravnica block pro tour, and this mm-hmm. one, there's certain cards that you see all over the place, but the decks themselves are there's a lot of variety. And mm-hmm. you tend to see now again this last year there was a little bit of an exception but usually a lot of those decks flop directly over into uh standard for the next year because we're only adding two sets to this in october right um Mm -hmm. so it's not that unusual for these decks to become very 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 much the thing um but that being said there's also a lot of financial implications. Now, I, I should, before I go down the how right I was about some of these cards, <laughs> um, Bramaz was featured in the finals. I've been kind of down on mm-hmm. that card, uh, but it's done very well. Um, outside of that, though, I you know, last episode or two episodes ago, I said I'm very concerned about how powerful black is in right. this block. And boy, 
it it doesn't disappoint. Cameron, what sticks out to you about the block format to this point? Yeah, black absolutely sticks out. I mean, Thoughtseize is just still so powerful for this for this set. It's it's a powerful card no matter what, right? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that one is definitely sticking out. Courser is the other one where I mean, I hate to put the you're right, Curtis, but you are right. I mean, it's it's a card that is going to be sticking around. It's going to be seeing eternal format play for sure. Um. And yeah, it's it's probably the like you said, the best card in this block, I think. Dustin's waiting to take credit here. So uh, go Dustin. I'm, I'm just wondering why why Curtis is getting all the credit for <laughs> for calling that one. I'm like, what are you talking about, Cam? <laughs> well, it's just because you're late to the podcast. But well, because I'm late to the podcast, the now Curtis is the one that called the card. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he gets all credit. Wow. <laughs> and you know, there's a, a few other cards uh, that I think are really notable. Um, Dustin, do you remember the card that I took you aside away from other people and I was like, go get this card for me? What, which one it was? I do. That was called Silence the Believers. Exactly. Dude, mm-hmm. that that thing was all over the place this weekend as well. It is very, very powerful. Um, did you have any trouble getting your hands on them? They were a little hard to find, being uh, such cheap rares. They just mm-hmm. really weren't floating in people's uh, binders. But I got the four that you needed, and I think I got one or two extra. So not as many as I wanted to. So, yeah, dear listener, right now you can buy them for a dollar, right? Skip your cappuccino <laughs> for the week and go buy them, right? The worst thing that could happen is you miss a cup of coffee. Um, Dustin, are there any other financial specs that you like from just looking at the block results? Um, well, first off, your science of believers is already a little higher. It's already a dollar forty nine, so it's on the move, right? Boom. So that's like two mochas. <laughs> um, no, I mean a lot of this stuff is stuff that I kind of expected to see being played. You know, Vermaz and uh you guys were down on a Johnny, but here here he is in some decks being played. Yeah. I think his um, his two plus ones are fine. I mean, they're good. You know, they're not right. they're not horrible. It's just, just I just don't want to get I just don't see the point of of him in certain decks. I guess he just doesn't right. seem as good. But he's just okay. Yeah, he's just okay. Like I'm I, I'm worried that in standard he's just going to be too slow. Now keep in mind, I I don't know how much you guys watch the matches. This format is slow. Oh, that it's we're so talking slow. About. You can this exploit that. Yeah. And so I don't know that a Johnny makes the cut. That being said, because it was slow, Elspeth was everywhere. It was right. Corsair might be the best actual card. Elspeth might be the most powerful card. And you know, it's kind of amusing in the finals, Dustin. It was mm-hmm. a junk mirror. And right. um Yeah, I just said junk mirror on the air, right? <laughs> um anyway, so uh but there were six Elspeths played in over the course of the game, right? Like, it's to that right. degree. Um, but, yeah, Cameron, did you watch any of the actual coverage? I know we've been kind of critical of that sort of thing. No, I, I actually, I did watch a little bit of it. And I have to say, like, um, props to whoever is producing that. It is... Uh, it is really well done. Like I, with that top, the final top eight or whatever, when it was uh, Chapin versus uh, the other guy, I can never remember his name. Um, 
like the it, Korean gentleman. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, like it was well lit. Like they had nice backgrounds. They had just a nice fall off with like the camera work. I mean, I could go on and on and, and geek out about that, but it was actually I thought really well done, and uh, you could actually follow along what was going on with that side the, the side thing with uh, the different cards that were going uh, that they give you like the power and the toughness or what was in their hand. It was uh, it was quite good. Dude, I don't think the listeners appreciate your kind of background and skill set with this, uh, but I want to share this little anecdote about you. So when we were in mm. St. Louis mm. and you walked by the Star City setup, you had verbalized to me you were thinking about passing them a note with camera model numbers <laughs> for them to look into that would result in a better product. It's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For online so, streaming. Yeah. But... <sighs> So, Dustin, on our way back from uh, Columbia, Missouri, it was about a two-hour drive. Uh, you were reading conspiracy cards to me in an effort right. to keep me awake. I don't know that it worked very well. well so, so hang on here. I want to go back real quick. There was one more card that oh, okay. I, I'd seen, which could be a prophecy, right? Um, no pun intended, but prophetic flame speaker. He was shown up a lot in his red deck, and I think that he will be very powerful, especially if Chandra rotates out of M14. Mm -hmm. So that's something I would keep an eye on. Get them now; they're cheap because later on they might not be. You know, yeah, I w I'm really hopeful that they'll they'll keep Chandra around for at least another year. Um, right. But yeah, I, that's one that I've been really up on because I am worried that they're not going to reprint Chandra. Right. Okay, All right, Dustin. So, as you were saying conspiracy cards i don't know that we have a ton to say because this kind of thing is really not um our jam i'm kind of on the record right. of multiplayer magic not being that interesting to me and when you started reading the cards i said <laughs> so basically this just makes drafting a pain in the butt right. <laughs> is that what's happening right. it definitely looks like it um i've been looking at conspiracy at individual cards for other formats but from what I've seen at this stuff for draft purposes, I, I'm just bewildered, man. Um, my biggest thing is the actual conspiracy cards themselves. Um, obviously, we don't know how how we draft them or when they get, you know, when everything's set for the timing. Um, one of them here was was the biggest one that we were wondering about. I'm sorry, this is not one of the conspiracy cards. This is one of just an artifact creature that was crazy, right? So it's Lurking Automaton. It's five colorless for a zero zero artifact creature construct. You reveal Lurking Automaton as you drafted and note how many cards you've drafted this draft round, including Lurking Automaton. Lurking Automaton enters the battlefield with X11 counters on it, where X is the highest number you noted for cards named Lurking Automaton. Why do I want to do this? That's the real question. <laughs> No kidding. Right. Like, I mean, hey, I, I guess this is going to be. I, here's what I think of conspiracy: multiplayer people, like people that enjoy magic at that in that way and at that level, will get something out of this. Um, I mean, cool. It's going to put some more reflecting pools in in print. You know, neato. Um, but <laughs> I, I, my enthusiasm for this product is not very high, and I don't know if that's. You know, hey, I'm hosting the show called The Spike Feed. I'm a spike. I like tournament magic. And, mm -hmm. like, a long draft with, like, rules lowering during the draft just seems awful. 
Well, I'm, I'm just looking at some of the singles that have been spoiled so far, and out of the stuff that we were hoping for, for, you know, Legacy Play or whatever, it's just odd to me that we end up getting Brainstorm and Sports of Flashes. While they are incredible cards, you think they could have put some um, cards that haven't been printed as much, or even something that's a bit more valuable that could help lower prices for players. And I just, I'm not seeing it, right? I mean, it, they could have put days instead of brainstorm just get a few more copies out, right? I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, who knows what the de- design philosophy is with all that kind of thing. There are some very cool um, draft all-stars. You know, there's like Air Servant and uh, good old Glimmer Point Stag. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, these were cards that were a big deal in their own limited format. Um, so, you know, I like that nod. But it's still not enough to get me to play a four-player game of Magic the Gathering. Right. I mean, another thing is some of these uh, gold creatures that are newer um, are very powerful, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't see them being played in Legacy. I, I see them being used for casual play. Yeah, I mean, there there's an outside chance that Demir Doppelganger sees some kind of uh, eternal format play. Um, it's definitely a powerful card, a very, very powerful card. Um, I just don't know if that's something that Reanimator wants. Um, I should read it, right? It's, uh, you know, because this is good radio. So it's a one, a blue, and a black for a shapeshifter O2. And when you pay one and a blue and a black uh, to activate it, exile target creature card from a graveyard, uh, Demir Doppelganger becomes a copy of that card and gains this ability. Right. So... You know, it's interesting, but For sure. still, again, not something that really makes me want to run out and play the game. So, okay, we also know uh, the fall set. Uh, it's going to be called Cons of Tarkir. Um, anyway, so Cons of Tarkir uh, is the fall set, and... Um, Kind of cryptically, uh, Mark Rosewater, who's the lead developer on it, said they're doing something very unusual with the block, but they can't share. But it's going to be large, small, large. Um, and something's coming back that's been long absent from Magic. And they're going to, quote, do something that people request, but they don't do. And who knows what that means. But there's a couple items of speculation. So you know what? You know what? What's been long absent? Long absent. Damage on the stack. Damage on the stack. Dustin, no? I don't know how to no? tell you this. It's never going to happen. It's never, mm-hmm. ever going to happen. Um, but anyway, I, the long absent thing, the first thing that sprang to my mind and a lot of people out on the Twitterverse was horsemanship because there are, you know, obviously it refers to kind of that Mongolian kind of vibe and, you know, those are people on horses in the artwork. So you think <laughs> of horsemanship. Uh, Dustin, I'm hoping for Morph. That's the the one I desperately want back. We, we can and there are some cycling. Some... Cycling would be nice. Cycling would be nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, banding, uh, cumulative upkeep. There's an all star from way back. Um, Cameron, you don't even know what cumulative upkeep is, do no, you? No, no, that one I do not know what it is. You don't want but... to know. <laughs> yeah, you don't. We don't need know. it. Um, anyway, uh, but this is all we know. I mean, everybody wants the fetch lands to come back in this set, the onslaught fetches. Um, 
I don't know if that's going to be a thing. But there are also some. Dustin, have you seen these Therese Nielsen full art lands floating around the internet? I have not. She confirmed that she drew them. Okay. For magic. But we don't know if they go to this set or if they're judge promos or what. But that's obviously part of the speculation. So, tons of speculation. Dudes, do you have any knee-jerk reactions to how little we know about this set? Uh, I I need more than just the name. I want more. I'm officially not worried because we're not done with conspiracy spoilers. We still got in 15. I'm just like, whatever. Okay. So you just want us to yell Khan more on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we are way over time. Way over time. So I'm going to cut it short there. We're going to have Cameron become a spike next week. Uh, but Dustin, <clears throat> if someone from our listening audience would like to talk to you, what's right. the best way that they could accomplish this? Uh, I believe there's an event two weeks from now in Indianapolis. That could probably happen. Hmm. Okay. Cameron, what about you? Twitter at Cameron underscore McCoy. I am at Curtis now. You can uh, hit us up on our official show feed at, at SpikeFeedMTG. Our show is on brainstormbrewery.com, mtgcast.com, and our own site, spikefeed.com. We will check you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>